Alright, my little ones. It's bedtime again. It's time to snuggle up with your lovey. If it's cold outside now, go ahead and wrap that blanket nice and tight around your little body. Got your teeth brushed, got your hair brushed maybe. Got your pajamas on. So tonight, it's going to be a collection of little stories again. The ones that you've probably watched movies from Disney or, or heard before. But again, each story, even though it may sound the same, even if it has the same title, they're always told just a little bit different. And it, when you mix them together with all the ones that you heard, it makes a new story on top of it. And so that makes it really pretty special. So, before we start, let's take a deep breath. Let us begin. Little Red Riding Hood Once upon a time there was a young girl who lived with her mother. She was sweet and kind and liked to believe in the good in everyone. Her grandmother, who loved her the most, sewed a red hood and jacket for her. The girl wore it all the time, and soon everyone called her Red Riding Hood. One day, when her grandmother had fallen ill, Red Riding Hood's mother sent her to go visit her grandmother and bring her food. She packed a basket filled with cake and wine. Be careful, Red Riding Hood. Don't stray from the path through the forest, her mother warned. I won't, Mother, Red Riding Hood promised. If you go into the woods, you could trip and fall and break the glass. Then your grandmother will have nothing. I will stay on the path, Mother, Red Riding Hood said. Red Riding Hood set off and stayed on the path, walking quickly but steadily through the forest. After some time, she came upon a wolf who stood alongside the path. Why, hello, little Red Riding Hood. Where are you off to in such a hurry? The wolf asked. To my grandmother's. She is sick, Red Riding Hood said, but she kept walking. And where does your grandmother live? The wolf asked. Along this path. I'm halfway there. Her house is in the clearing below the oak trees. Why are you in such a rush? It's a beautiful day. I bet you haven't even noticed the lovely flowers growing alongside the path. Surely your grandmother would want some flowers to brighten her day. Red Riding Hood stopped. She looked to either side of the path. There were indeed flowers in every color she had ever seen or imagined. Red Riding Hood knew grandmother had been spending all day inside. She would appreciate some bright flowers to help her feel better. Red Riding Hood decided to pick only a few flowers. Then, if she just quickened her pace, she could arrive at grandma Grandmother's on time. The wolf, of course, had other motives. He saw this lovely little girl and couldn't help but think about how delicious she would be to eat. 
but a meal of her grandmother too. Now that would be the finest feast he had in ages. While Red Riding Hood ambled through the wildflowers, the wolf raced ahead along the path. Sure enough, he spotted a house near the oak trees, not much farther away. He knocked gently three times. Is that you, Little Red Riding Hood? A small voice said from inside. I am too weak to answer the door. Please unlatch it and come inside. The wolf opened the door and walked into the grandmother's bedroom. Before she could manage a scream, the wolf swallowed her whole. After one loud belch, the wolf quickly put on the grandmother's nightgown and nightcap and climbed under the covers. While Red Riding Hood searched for flowers, she kept seeing blooms before more beautiful than what she had already seen a little bit ahead of her. Soon she was deep into the forest. Oh no, she thought. I am very late to visit Grandmother. Red Riding Hood gently tucked the flowers into her basket and hurried back through the forest, finally finding the path. When she arrived at her grand grandmother's house, she was surprised to see that the door was already ajar. Grandmother, it's me. It's Little Red Riding Hood. I'm in here, a raspy voice answered. I brought you cake and wine and flowers, Grandmother, Red Riding Hood said. She stopped at the edge of her bed. Her grandmother had pulled her cap over her face and looked very strange. Why, Grandmother, what big ears you have. The better hear you with, my dear. Why, Grandmother, what big hands you have. The better to grab you with, my dear. Why, Grandmother, what big teeth you have. The better to eat you with, my dear. The wolf leaped out of bed and lunged at Red Riding Hood swallowing her whole. Soon after Red Riding Hood was eaten, a hunter passed by the window of Grandmother's house. He saw the silhouettes of the wolf on the bed and thought it looked very strange. He walked through the open doorway and saw the wolf sleeping on Grandmother's bed. Finally, he said, the hunter had been tracking this mischievous wolf for years. Here is my chance to get you once and for all. He was ready to take aim and shoot the wolf, but then he realized that it might not be too late to save the old woman. He took out his knife, his knife and sliced open the sleeping wolf. Thank goodness, Red Riding Hood cried as she gulped the fresh air. It was frightening in there. The hunter helped free Red Riding Hood and her grandmother, then filled up the wolf's belly with large rocks. When the wolf woke up, he saw the hunter, child, and grandmother staring down at him. Now, honestly, if you had your stomach cut all the way open and people came out and then your body was sewed back up, you really think you're going to sleep through that? I don't think so. But it's a fairy tale, so we'll keep going. He stood up and tried to run at them, but the rocks inside him were so heavy that he collapsed on the floor, dead. The wolf skinned the... The hunter skinned the wolf and kept the pelt as his prize. The grandmother enjoyed her cake and wine and regained her strength. 
Little Red Riding Hood returned home safely and promised never to stay, stray from the path again. The end. China had everything he ever needed or wanted. He had the most expensive clothes to wear, the finest art to admire, and the most beautiful treasures to show off. A soldier in his court returned from a trip and told everyone about the most beautiful song he had heard. When the nightingale sang, it took my breath away, the soldier said. The emperor didn't believe him. His things were always the best, and this time would be no exception. Did it sing more mag magnificently than the loveliest voice in my court? The emperor ordered his most accomplished singer to sing her prettiest song. Yes, this bird's song was ever more magnificent, the soldier said. Did it sing more beautifully than your my prized bird? The emperor ordered his servant to bring his best bird from his aviary to sing for the court. Yes, this song's bird's song was even more beautiful. What is the name of this magical bird? The emperor asked. She is called the Nightingale. The emperor dismissed the man at once and demanded that he bring the Nightingale to him. The soldier didn't know how to find the Nightingale's home again. He asked everyone in the palace if they had heard of the bird. Only a maid who worked in the kitchen could tell him where the bird lived. They set out together. The soldier, the kitchen maid, and members of the search party traveled into the woods. They tried carefully, not wanting to miss the sound of the nightingale. Listen over there, someone said in the search party. Surely those notes belong to the nightingale. This is just the bleat of a young lamb, the kitchen maid said. They kept walking. Yes, I hear it. That must be the sound of the bird near the stream. Another said, That is just a chorus of frogs, the soldier said. They kept walking. Then they came upon the most beautiful song they had ever heard. The melody poured through the trees and danced in the air. It was light and moving and lovely. They all knew that this was the nightingale. Dear nightingale, what can we give you that you might join us at the palace? they asked. The nightingale wanted nothing. She wanted to be free to sing and share her gift with as many people as possible. The nightingale came to the palace willingly and presented herself to the emperor. When the nightingale sang, he was delighted. Now he had every wonderful thing in China. He kept the nightingale in a cage and had her sing for every guest. He had her sing during dinner and in the afternoons. Her songs were different every time she sang, but they were all beautiful. For the celebration of the emperor's birthday, he was presented with a bird made out of jewels. The jeweled bird looked like a nightingale. He could wind up the bird and it would play a song. The song was very beautiful and the emperor thought it might be more beautiful than the nightingales. The emperor played the jeweled nightingale over and over again. Soon, he lost interest in his real nightingale. One night at dinner, he asked that the real nightingale be brought to sing against the jeweled nightingale as a competition. 
After several rounds, the whole table was able to join in the familiar song of the Jewel Nightingale. They clapped and cheered, and didn't ask the real Nightingale to sing again. No one noticed the real Nightingale's escaping from her cage and flying out to the open window. As time passed, the Emperor grew older and became sick. He lay in bed, winding and rewinding his mechanical bird until one day it couldn't sing anymore. The bird was broken. The Emperor sent for his real Nightingale, whom he didn't know had disappeared years ago. We will find the finest jewelers and engineers and have them make you a new bird, his servant said. But the Emperor wanted the real, true Nightingale back to sing for him. The rumor spread throughout the kingdom that the Emperor was dying. As the Nightingale flew through the forest, she overheard people talking about their poor Emperor. Without hesitation, the Nightingale flew to the palace and perched on the Emperor's windowsill. The Nightingale sang her best song yet. It was full of hope and love. Death was so moved by this display of affection, he decided to spare the Emperor. Quickly, the Emperor recovered, and he re reigned for many more years with the Nightingale in his court. The Nightingale became his personal emissary. She flew around the kingdom and relayed information about what she saw and heard to the Emperor. She remained the Emperor's most prized possession. The End Stiltskin. A poor miller sat in the pub with his neighbors one afternoon, and they took turns showing off by telling tall tales. I have the fastest horses, they win every race. My wife sings more beautifully than the finest birds in the sky. Not wanting to be beat by his friends, the miller boasted, My daughter can spin strong to gold. They chuckled and gave the miller big pats on his shoulder. One of the king's young and impressionable stablemen was sitting at the next table, and he heard every word they spoke. A girl who could spin straw into gold? Surely bringing something as valuable as this to the king would be get him into the inner circle of the court. The stableman rushed to the castle and told the king what he had heard. Indeed, the king was interested, and the next morning they strode to the miller's shop. The miller was quite shocked to see the king at his door. This man tells me that your daughter has a gift, the king said. My daughter has many gifts, the miller said, frightened that he might say the wrong thing. No need to be modest, commoner. I hear she can spin straw into gold. The miller was taken aback. Before he could protest, the king sent his men to the back room. Take his daughter and bring her to the castle. I will test this gift of hers. All too quickly, the men had hold of the miller's daughter. She obediently followed them to their carriage waiting outside. At the palace, the king showed the girl to a large room with no windows. It was stacked from floor to ceiling with straw. Spin this straw into gold, he commanded. I will return in the morning to see that you are successful. If you fail, you will die. He shoved her inside, locked the door behind her, 
and station two guards outside. If she fails, you die too, the king said to the stableman, for wasting my time. The girl huddled in the corner and wept. What was her father thinking? She knew nothing of magic that could spin straw into gold. She knew this was her last night on earth. Tomorrow the king would come, see all the straws he had left it, and execute her. But then a small man appeared out of thin air. Who are you? she asked between her sobs. I am here to help you, the small man said. I will turn all this straw into gold for you in exchange for the necklace you are wearing. The girl gladly agreed. She sat back and watched as the little man took a handful of straw, ran it through the spinning wheel, and turned it into fine strands of gold. When all the straw had been spun, she handed over the necklace, and the little man disappeared. The king returned the next morning with the stableman nervously hanging back behind him. The king was very pleased and ordered his servants to bring the gold down to the treasury. The girl was happy that her life had been spared, and she was looking forward to returning home. But the king was greedy. He wanted more gold. He filled an even bigger room with even more straw and shoved the girl inside, locking the door behind her. You will spin all this straw into gold by tomorrow morning, he bellowed, or you will die. Your Highness, the stable man began, hoping to be invited to the court for finding this girl. You too, the king said. If she fails, you will die too. Inside the room of straw, the girl paced back and forth, hoping for another miracle. Then the little man appeared. Oh, thank goodness, she said. Please help me. The little man agreed, this time in exchange for the ring, gold ring she wore. He worked all through the night, and little by little the stacks of straw were transformed into gold. When it was all finished, she took her ring and disappeared. The king returned the next morning and looked greedily at the room full of gold. This time he was prepared with carts to transport the gold to the treasury. The king knew this girl was a true prize. Instead of letting her go, he escorted her to an even larger room full of straw. If you succeed in transforming all of the straw into gold, I will make you my wife. Right, like he's a real catch. I mean, he just threatened to kill her th two times. Yeah, why would you want to marry a, a jerk like that? He shoved her inside and locked the door behind her. Also, he's very mean and he pushes her. Real men don't push their wives or their future wives. And you will become my most trusted advisor, he said to the stableman. The girl paced back and forth in the room, her heart racing with worry. Where was the little man to help her? Just as she was about to give up hope, he appeared. Oh, please help me, she begged. I have nothing to give you, but please, I need your help. With hardly hesitation, the little man knew what to ask for. You must promise me your firstborn child, he said. The girl was desperate. Yes, yes, she said, whatever you want. The little man went to work and finished spinning all the straw just before dawn broke. He left empty-handed, promising to return when her first child was born. The king unlocked the door that morning and was very pleased. 
The girl had spun all the straw he had and turned it into gold. And now I make you my wife. They were wedded that same day. A year passed and the girl, now the queen, gave birth to a beautiful baby boy. The little man appeared at her bedside and demanded she give him the child. He is my son and heir to the crown. I will not give him to you, she said to the little man. I am a reasonable person, the little man said. I'll make you a deal. If you can guess my name, you can keep your child. I will return every night for three nights and give you as many guesses as you'd like. But after three days, if you still haven't figured out my name, then the boy is mine. The next night, as promised, the little man returned. He stood next to the queen's bed with his arms crossed, shaking his head at each name she spoke. Is it Casper? Petrush? Isor? No. 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 The queen tried to recall every name, both ordinary and strange, that she had ever heard, but none of them was right. When the little man had left for the night, she ordered a messenger to travel far beyond the mountains and report back any names she, he could find. He a she asked her servants to go into the kingdom, knock on everyone's door, and bring back any unusual names to her. The next second night was when the little man had returned. The queen was ready with all the names her servants had brought from throughout the kingdom. Is it Albin? No. Marriott? No. Hurion? No. The little man left that night with a smile on his face. The queen was growing worried. The next afternoon, the messenger returned. He said that far beyond the mountains, he came across a small cottage with a fire burning outside. He hid under the co cover of the trees and listened to the man singing. How silly of her to play my game. Rumpelstiltskin is my name. That night, the queen waited for the little man to appear. She held her son close, relieved that soon she could live in peace. All right, your majesty. This is your last night to guess. Hmm. Let's see, she began. Is it Saliat? No. Bertrand? No. Oh dear, what could it be? Maybe... Rumpelstiltskin? Who told you? The little man yelled and stomped his feet. In an instant, he disappeared. The queen never saw Rumpelstiltskin again, and her son grew up healthy and happy and became king. The End That's it for tonight. Short, yes, but you got four stories, and that's pretty good. So, I love you. I'll see you in the morning. Good night.